Welcome to Noir Professionals. I'm Sam. And I'm Siobhan. Today, our topic is navigating dating in 2019. But before we start, Siobhan is going to give us our disclaimer. Yes. So as always, all of the information that we are sharing with you is free for you to access on the internet through learning at the library. We are not being paid or sponsored for any of the things that we're sharing with you. We are recommending them or talking about them because they're things that we actually use ourselves. Absolutely. So I'm excited. How was your week, Siobhan? You know what? I had a good week. It was really productive. I got a lot of stuff done. I felt like there was not enough time in the day. I feel like, okay, everyone gets 24 hours, but I feel like it's not enough for me. And you know I'm not a morning person. I hate getting up early, but I've been getting up between <laughs> 6 and 6.30, which I know for some people is not even early. Oh, and I, <laughs> I still feel like it's just not enough time to get everything done. And I'm like, okay, I got up at 6 and I'm working till 10, 11, 12, 1. I'm like, when am I supposed uh, to get my eight hours of sleep? I'm just like, it's never ending. You get eight hours? That's impressive. So I feel kind of two ways about getting sleep. There's two like fields of thought. Like I read this one book um, and I forget the gentleman's name. The book is called The Third Door um, by Alex Bunanen. Bunyan? I'm not sure if I'm saying his name wrong, so I apologize for that. And he interviews all these different people. And he interviewed a very outstanding man. Um, I can always link the name there. And he tested different sleep schedules from where he could be the most productive. And he found out that three oh, hours of sleep a that. night, yeah, would be the most productive for him. I'm like, three hours? I would not be able to do anything with three hours of sleep. So you know, I try I'm like and get two hours away from that. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you guys do it. I feel like I would just be dragging the entire time. Um, so I am playing around with hours of sleep so that I can be more productive because it's just like, where are you going to get the time to do everything that you need to do? But what about you? How was your week? My week was interesting. Like, I, I feel like that you did, you know, like it was like not enough hours in a day. I have a couple of deadlines that I'm trying to meet. I'm beating the clock, trying to beat the clock, and I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> well, I'm going to make it because I'm going to just make it happen because things must be done. Right. Um, let's see. What else happened to me this week? I don't know. Today was a good day. I had a really good day today, and I was just kind of like I had to walk outside in this heat of Arizona. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know how I you do just, that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have done it had I not partook in the morning so I was just walking and looking at the palm trees and I was actually walking on Palm Street so to its name it's just a row of palm trees and it was just so pretty and it was like I don't know if it was hanging fruit from them I don't know what was hanging from them but something was hanging from them I thought it was coconuts I I was gonna ask you to bring me was it coconut yeah I didn't know I don't know I just thought oh look it's something hanging and I took a picture so <laughs> I just <laughs> I just enjoyed that time and I really lived in that moment and felt really good to do that. And um yeah, so I just had a really good day today. It went by really, really quick and now we're here together doing our podcast. So that's always fun. Yes, absolutely. So So let's, what let's get into it. Absolutely, let's dive right in. So 
this week we are yeah. talking about dating in 2019, which can be quite mm, interesting to say the <laughs> least. But yes. this evening we are going to come at it with a positive spin and just talk about some things that you can do to put your best forward, your best foot forward when dating. So the most important thing I think when dating is that you really take the time to get to know yourself, um, know what you're looking for in a partner. I feel like that's a great place to start. And again, like with many yeah. things, there's pros and cons for making a list of what you want, what you don't want. Some people, you know, get too unrealistic with their expectations when they build a list. But I think having a list kind of puts you on target for things that you absolutely will accept and absolutely won't accept. So, for example, do you want a partner that's going to have children? I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with to some extent with that one. So are you a list so, maker? I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe halfway, something like that. Because if I were to run down my ideal man, I highly doubt I'd ever get him. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, but see, are your expectations ever too get high? Him, but like, I think like, my ideal man, Yes, I think that my expectations are too high, but I also know <laughs> that I'm not willing to compromise like what I want. If you're giving me a list, like a want list, then I want this. You know, if you give me a can you live without it or can you do you absolutely need it list, that's something totally different. So like I, I caution, like you said before, making a list because you get stuck on these lists and all these things and it's just like, um, you 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 start to get funnel vision on who is appropriate and who isn't appropriate for you, and you're taking off the check marks versus actually looking at the person, and you're not giving everyone a chance to be something more than what you see them as. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I can say, when I was younger, I kind of had this idea. I mean. To just put it out there, I thought I was going to be married by 25 with two kids, and that definitely didn't happen. Um, and I think now for me, I definitely don't have a list. I think being a good person yeah. is really important. Um, does he want to have children? That's huge to me. So if someone doesn't want to have children, I have learned that it's not even worth it to continue to try and pursue something. Um, also, right. something that's important is family involvement in his life. Like, is he out here alone? Does it, does he not have a good relationship with his family? Um, if he does, what's his relationship like with his mom? Matter mm -hmm. well, to you? Because I think I'm really close with my family. Um, I enjoy being with my family, and I think family is really important. Um, I come from a big family, so. I feel like it's interesting in two ways. I feel like sometimes people that don't come from a background of family are like, why are you so close with your family? This is weird. Or they feel uncomfortable with that idea of so many people um, in your life and having an input um, in what you're doing and being like supportive. They're like, nope, we've got this. We can do it on your own. So I think that's just interesting to make sure you are open with a potential partner um, about how you see family involvement in your life. Um, mm. Also well, career. You know, yeah. But, so you have some people like me, and this is where I'm going to kind of like throw in the devil's advocate, who I, I'm not really close to my family at all. But 
I don't mind someone who is very family oriented because the other person, even though they don't have it, doesn't mean they don't want it. So, you know, just food for thought, just because they're not family oriented with their own family, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't accept your family as a part of their family or be um, accommodating to your family. So that's, this is why I kind of get into this. Do we, don't we? Yeah. And that's why I think that that's something that you should definitely have a conversation with because you're open to it, but some people are Mm -hmm. not. So I think it's better to have open conversations and be honest about what the expectations are, which I've also learned it's not good to have expectations all the time in a relationship, but what are the boundaries and parameters around family involvement? You know, like, are we living in the same town as your family? If we live in the same town as my family, is that too much for you? Um, and these are things that come up later on down the line. Maybe when you're just dating someone right. or you're dating casually, you don't care. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about it, like if you want to start talking engagement and getting married, this is something important to know. But so since we're just, our topic is on dating. Mm -hmm. So why let's, you know, maybe just focusing on dating alone, like just that, that's the hardest part. Like we talk about getting to engage, we talk about engagements, we talk about getting into marriage, but you have to first cross this hurdle, this desert, this oasis of dating to get to the engagement part and that to me seems like the hardest part and you said earlier something that resonated with me which was you know you've learned not to have expectations and you've learned that the older I think you said you learned the older you've gotten um that having those expectations when it comes down to dating and finding this partner that checks off the list or whatever, it's kind of unrealistic. And I just wanted to ask you your opinion on it because I have mine and I'll share that too. When do you think as you've gotten older, you have, um, I don't want to say settle, but you have, um, sort of become more lax in what you're willing to take from a partner and how you are willing to see dating in your life so that you can move from dating into the engagement, into the marriage. Do you think that is something that's happened to you? Because for me, I think that I have um, definitely relaxed my standards. Yeah, so that's a great question. I think that as I've gotten older, I don't know if I've relaxed my standards per se, but maybe I've tried other things that were outside of my standards that I have now learned that that's just not what I'm looking for. Um, so like, I really want to have children and I realized if someone doesn't want to have children, um, it doesn't make sense to try and make something work with that person because there's always going to be some type of resentment. And that's a pretty big one to kind of give into. Um, if you never have a child, you'll always have that feeling yeah, that's a big one. Um, I think that's a um, yeah, big one. Mm-hmm. It's a big one, but I have tried giving into that. Um, religion, I'm open to. Mm-hmm. I've dated people that didn't have the same religious mm-hmm. views as me. Because I'm like, hey, you know what? It's a learning experience. Um, I've dated people with right. different educational backgrounds. Um, I always said, you know, I want to date somebody with the same level of education as me. Um and I've tried mm-hmm. people that have only high school diplomas. How people low that went would to you go, though? Community college. Oh, you you have done that. I haven't you know, done that. 
I haven't done that. Full disclosure, I so I have a doctorate and I am very leery of um dating someone with less than a master's. And call me bougie, call me whatever you want, but it's just I have in during the whole dating process, I've been told by people who maybe I've dated before I got my doctorate just had like a master's. Um you think you're all that because you have a master's degree and just because you have a ma- like everything came back to my education. Like just because you have this, that doesn't mean you know more than me about this or, you know, it just always became a hurdle versus like someone who is either equal to me or someone who is like one step under me. I have never heard that again. So have you ever experienced that as you dated other people with, who have, you know, like lower education than you? Because honestly, it was so annoying. I was like, no, I can't do it. So that right there, if I had to check something off, like, boom, check, you need to have your master's because I'm not having this conversation. No more. No more. So that's really interesting. And I think it also ties really nicely into career because obviously your education is kind of kind of going to dictate what type of career you have. So I feel that from my experience, I am open to dating a man that doesn't have the same level of education as me because I feel like there's so much more just beyond the technical aspects of um, the education that we receive. And I've seen oh, sure. both good and bad for the different ways um, that people are educated. Where I think it becomes interesting is more in the person's individual work ethic and what they are willing to put forward to improve their lives. So if you have a high school diploma, but you own your own business and you're forward thinking and you're always trying to learn and grow, I'm okay with that because Mm -hmm. you have a skill set that I don't have. I'm not a business owner. I don't know how that world works. Mm -hmm. So I can learn and grow from you. I find that very attractive. But if you don't have any education and you're just kind of status quo, you're not really trying to improve yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a set idea of what um, improve looks like. So I'm not talking about somebody that's definitely trying to make it nine to five. Like if you have a business idea and you're trying to run with your business idea, that to me, I can work with because I see you thinking outside of the box. You're trying to do something. But if you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of see which way the wind blows. I don't have time for that. And I don't know if that's harsh, but that's just really how I feel. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. And I see your point. I do. Because like, yes, you can have lower, you know, education, higher experience. And that is totally okay. And and also couple that with security. Like, are you secure with who you are as a man that you don't feel insecure or intimidated by me and my education level or my um, experience level or whatever, my professionalism, whatever the case may be, because that I think is what ends up getting me in trouble when mm-hmm. I'm dating is just well when I'm dating and when I have um come across people who are maybe not so secure with themselves and they kind of take that out on me so of course as the ignorant person that I am or can be I just made a blanket statement I will no longer do x you know what I mean because right. of Y and that's just how I feel but I mean I'm always I think open because I've, I've gotten older and I realize now that um, you don't know how love looks and love can come in different shades love can come in different 
income levels, socioeconomic levels. I mean, it can come any way. It, it doesn't have this pretty box that's tied up in a bow just for me to open a Christmas day. It's not like that. So right, I do believe right. that I would be more open to um, dating someone who is mm, more mm, less likely to be in my checking my boxes or ticking my boxes I'm open to it would I just go forward and like if I were out there seeking out a mate would that be someone I would attract to probably not that would be someone who has caught my attention on their own effort and I just was like ah, let me give it a shot kind of thing you know right well I think it's good to be open to it um and that's definitely a big one another area um and just to hit on something you said too is like that the man is not comfortable in himself so just like we're saying as women we need to know ourselves what we're looking for mm-hmm. it's also important that the person at least to me anyway that the person that you are engaging with also knows their self that they're secure they know what yeah. they're looking for i think it just helps make the whole process a lot more productive because again hurt people hurt people so if you're really yes. struggling to figure out and you're still caught up on your last person right now dating probably is not the best for you because I feel like you're going to bring all of that trauma and bad relationship styles into your relationship Um, but another area that's worth thinking about when dating is what's your idea on intimacy Um, do you think just sitting on the couch and eating dinner together and getting a back rub exactly Right. Let is me that tell you a okay story. for Hold you? On. I have a story. I have a story. So, so, okay. This is just a funny story that I wanted to share. I'm at work and I am someone who is probably, I don't know, consistently years behind in sling. So <laughs> I, recently I had heard somewhere or seen on Facebook or something, this whole ph- phenom of Netflix and chill. So with me being a very literal person, I assumed it meant watch Netflix and chill. So I'm talking no. to my boss. <laughs> no, no. And so I'm talking to my um, boss, my boss's boss. Okay. And she was just telling me like, oh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. I just feel like I need to relax. And I was like, girl, Netflix and chill. (laughs) Samantha, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, you said that at work. Yes, I did. I I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. I literally thought it meant Netflix and chill. And so I had no idea, even because she didn't like make a face or, you know, like she knew she had to have known right away. Sam has no idea what that means, you know, because she didn't like look at me. (laughs) She didn't like look at me funny, you know, like. Mm, you know she didn't do that and so I think I was talking to someone else it might have been days later and they were like and I said it again like just Netflix and chill you know what I mean and someone said you know Sam I don't think that means what you think it means no (laughs) not at all (laughs) (laughs) and I said what does it mean you're gonna watch Netflix in my head I just pictured people binge watching Netflix and just hanging out like popcorn and like so innocent just so innocent and she was like no that uh, is just cold for sex and I said oh no so I went back to my (laughs) butt and I said to her 
days later, I'm embarrassed. I'm mortified because I had no idea. So I went back to my boss's boss, okay? And I was like, um, so a couple days ago, I, I said, and I didn't know what to do. I had thought about this for like, I don't know, a, maybe a good day before. Like, should I even bring it up? She didn't seem like she understood it either, you know? And I right. just thought, let me just apologize because I don't want this to be a thing later in life, you know? And okay. I just need to just apologize. And so I went to her and I said, I really didn't know what that meant. I really honestly thought it meant you. I was trying to tell you to go home and relax. That's all I wanted right. you to Right. Just do. watch movies. Just watch TV. Who knew that Netflix and chill doesn't mean Netflix and chill? Right. But you know what? That's even so interesting that you bring that up like that because I mean, I think most people now know what Netflix and chills yeah. implies, yes. but maybe somebody else is thinking like they legit want a Netflix and chill and that's their idea yes. of intimacy. But somebody yes. else is like, no, I want a Netflix and chill. You know, you know like, what I mean? So talking about you, that, so, what's the expectation? So if you're going to Netflix, so you got to say it like you just said it, Siobhan. Netflix and chill. You need to put some emphasis on that Netflix so we know exactly what you're talking about. Because if you come at me talking about some just Netflix and chill, I'm like, okay, cool. I got popcorn. Right, she's like, what we watching? <laughs> Season one of what? Okay, let's Insecure. do it. It's about to go down. Okay? It's about to go down. And you're talking about getting in bed. Lord to help. Can you imagine how surprised I'd be? Like, wait, why are your hand? Why are you moving your hand? Exactly. We're just happening? watching a movie. <laughs> and that's the thing too that's important again is just making sure that you have open communication to talk about things like this. Like maybe you're more comfortable at talk talking about your sexual habits where your partner is a little bit more rigid and, you know, distant about talking about that. It's really important that you sit down as an individual and learn what your communication style is. So there's several communication styles and communication style is just simply how you share information through language. And like Sam said, there's um, a host of things that can be conveyed in language. Netflix and chill is very different from Netflix and chill, right? So there's intonation. Put the if emphasis you're, on that shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If somebody's in person, they can see your body language um, along yeah. with your communication style. Um, I know when I was in grad school, we talked a lot about what our language conveys to somebody. Um, I can say, right. I really like your sweater and that sounds great. And you know that I'm genuinely liking your sweater. I could be like, your sweater is all right like I don't like your sweater I don't like you and I have a whole problem so it's again just knowing how to communicate so there's several yes. several different communication styles um, and we can link you to some information about that but some of the big ones that come up are competitive affiliative direct and indirect so if you have a competitive communication style then you're like okay I want to get in there I want to take charge everyone is doing this um, if you're an right. affiliative type of person, you're more like, let's get the whole group together. Let's mm -hmm. all talk about this. What's your input? That's you, Siobhan. Yes, exactly. That's and I was totally gonna say, you. I was going to oh say, between gosh, the two of us, so I could see Sam being the competitive. She's like, mm -mm, yes. this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to go. And I think I've even when we, <laughs> yes, even us, between talking to us, getting things ready for yeah. the podcast, when we're talking about like our personal lives and our friendship. That's definitely our communication style. Like, I'm just yeah. like, okay, I want to make sure everybody's feelings are in yeah. here. Um, and I think that yeah. there's also, in addition to those with the direct and indirect, I think that's very 
straightforward. I think direct is, you know, basically you're just saying, this is what I think, this is what I feel. Whereas indirect, you might get some more of those intonations with your language. So I'm agreeing with you, but my tone is telling you that I'm not happy. Yes. um, This is what I'm curious about. So dating now in 2019, it's not just, it's not like it was back in our day. Um, growing up mind you we're not super old okay Siobhan I'm not gonna harp on that but yeah I was about to say back in our day (laughs) (laughs) it's like shoot (laughs) we're old enough to have had like the beginning of cell phone eras the beginning of it like we were like before they were like the big ass um briefcase you know like we were around for the briefcase cell phones the ones you could not freaking like you couldn't carry that shit around, and we you remember the ones the the ones that you put in your car phone who literally was almost the size of your glove department, so yeah. like we were around for that, <laughs> and we were around to see the different changes mm-hmm. that the cell phone sure. has taken, and we know that cell phones, social media, et cetera, apps and things that like that have changed the game for dating significantly. So now in 2019 um, versus when we were growing up and you had, you didn't, not everyone had a cell phone. So you just had the house phone and you didn't have the opportunity to have constant communication. You had to go to sleep and turn off, you know, like socialization and things of that nature because we weren't always able to get onto Facebook or something and then right. you had the times where you um, had to have that face to face because you didn't have the internet because maybe your family couldn't afford a computer maybe your family couldn't afford the monthly internet bill maybe your family couldn't afford um, you and your sister and your brother and everyone else to have cell phones like the luxuries that we have now we didn't have then and I think that forced us especially like I remember my first boyfriend and my first dating experience it was really off face to face and it was homegrown now meaning meaning it was people I knew like people I went to church with guys I went to church with guys I went to school with like I would see them talk to them pass notes to them sneak off let's not talk about that part but you know (laughs) I had to have that I know Jesus saw it and I'm not proud of it and um I had to have that face to face with them, though, you know, and now in 2019, I am totally opposite. I do not date people in the same state as me because I am. Mm, I'm not in agreement with that. (laughs) I have. I know. I know, which is why I wanted to bring it up, because there's two, you know, two sides to a coin. And so I don't date people in the same state because I'm very busy and I like to schedule you in. This goes back to my communication, very competitive and very direct. And I want to schedule you in. I don't want you to show up at my door or I don't want you to text me and be like, Oh, we're going out this weekend. No, we're not. I have something to do. But Sammy, you can't really schedule love. You have to sometimes go with the flow. Well, I have money to make. And so I have to <laughs> schedule love, okay? And okay, then schedule so, it right on in. 
So that's why I don't date people in the same state as me because it's very difficult for you to text me and be like, let's go out Saturday. You have to plan that ahead. I can schedule you in and I can work ahead on the projects that I have going on. Like it's just more convenient for me and my schedule. Then do you feel like your communication style changes? Um, Because Mm -hmm. I too have ventured into the long distance dating um, and do you feel like you're still a competitive, direct person um, when you're dating through the internet, through text messages, because people can't see right. your body language to accompany and that? that's where I was going. You're right. Spot on. Exactly where I was going with that is I unfortunately still have my competitive <laughs> and direct um I think personality, which is not good for a um, long distance relationship, because like you said, you have to, I think if you're doing long distance, you really need to be clear with how you feel about that person and what you're feeling because you don't have the opportunity at all times to show them your facial expressions or even hear their voice. Like I do a lot of texting. Um, So how can I come across with my feelings and emotions through a text? And I am a competitive, direct person. So my text may come off a little harsh, but I actually totally mean it some nice way. But it's just I'm I'm just about to go into a meeting or I'm picking up the twins from school or I'm doing homework with twins and I don't have time to put all these flowery words into this text message. I mean what I say and I say what I mean. So I think that like you said before like this is where having your personal communication style come in and being very open with your partner regardless of how your relationship is um classified dating online or dating long distance or dating like traditionally you know this is something you have to change accordingly do you think I definitely agree. And I think that's what's so great about dating because, yes, you should know yourself. But I think in dating, you definitely learn about people. So I think my communication style is affiliative. I want to bring people in, but I'm definitely direct. I'm definitely one to be like, I think it's like this. I feel it's like this. I don't see the way it's going to go this way. Um, I'm very direct in that manner and I have found that some people find that abrasive which is sometimes hard for me to balance because I'm like well I'm including you I'm taking in your opinion but I'm just being direct about it so I think it's interesting as well um, and important to make sure you're matching up your communication styles with the person that you're dating simply because sometimes you're saying the same thing but you're saying it differently and it's clouding the other person's judgment on what's happening in the situation. And I think it's important to remember like, hey, we're on the same team here and Mm -hmm. it's okay to disagree. Like, let's agree to disagree, um, walk away, come back later. Like, let's be productive in what we're doing. But again, sometimes just in your tone or being direct, that's not always well received by a partner. Um, And then something else that we can do, I think Sammy had touched on it a little bit, is that if you have trauma in your past, so again, if you feel like you might be insecure, you have issues with your dad or your mom, never underestimate the power of seeking therapy to work on some of your issues. I'm not saying that you can't date before you do all of this, because then nobody would be married. We'd all be single. We wouldn't be dating. Nobody would get married. But I think it's important to always be working on yourself as well, because I'm 
of the thought pattern. I'm not looking for someone to complete me. I want to be a whole complete person on my own. Like I think I had said to Sam the other day, like I don't need somebody to come in and like F up my whole life. Like, no, you need to have your ish together. (laughs) I need to have my ish together. And we should just be able to be two complete people together that we enjoy sharing our time with each other. Um, Right, right. And that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. So I'm definitely not looking for anyone to complete me. So just again, that's something to keep in mind when you are getting ready to date or in the process of dating. Yes, Sammy? Right. Now, I have to say I am the queen of trauma. (laughs) And, And here's the deal. Here's the deal. And here's my thing on trauma. Lots of people say, I'm just working on me. I'm just working on me. I'm just going to take some time to work on me. Well, I have been working on me for 12 years. I've been single and living this bachelorette life for 12 years now. And every Mm -hmm. year I'm like, oh, I'm going to work on me. And I'm going to work on this part of myself because I think that this is where I can do better in a relationship or blah, blah, blah. And I still have that trauma. And I've, you know, one of the things I know that Siobhan and I both are really big on is going to therapy. I've done that. And I know and I can identify where I am in era. But I'm sorry, I still have this trauma. For example, I hate texting. (laughs) I know some people who uh, have dated will not agree, not believe this. But I do hate texting first. Like, I have a huge problem texting a guy I like first. And that's from my past relationship where I was, like, texting and got into kind of a bit of a tizzy with that person. Like, don't text me so much. And now I'm, like, super paranoid. Like, am I texting too much? Am I um, not giving him his space? Am I not doing this? And so I get so flustered sometimes trying to figure out if I'm bringing my old habits into a new thing. I give up. Like I quit in her. I'm like, ah, too much. You know what I mean? Right. Too much, too much. I'm calling a flag on the play here. I don't want to do this. I've been, I mean, I may over be overthinking things, but that is all stemming from my trauma. And I've been working on this thing for 12 years. So I do want to caution people and myself included. I'm, I mean, I'm the pot calling the kettle black. I'm talking to myself, blah, blah, blah. Um, work on yourself, but don't work on yourself so much where you end up like me, where it's 12 years later and you're still working on yourself. <laughs> but you know, I don't think you should rush I that don't. process. Healing is a process. And that's why I'm saying like you can still date during that process like I said if everybody waited until their process was complete nobody would be with anyone because it's a lifelong thing it is so I think that's fine and I think we've definitely mentioned several times like texting in relationships and so there's different dating types so obviously back in the day like you had said dating was pretty much face to face so you were going to be meeting through friends or family or church or social outings and it seems like these days that doesn't happen or much and believe it or not the statistics say that the number one way to meet somebody in 2009 is usually 2009 (laughs) Yeah, okay, I just put it back 10 years. 2019 is that people are still genuinely being matched through family and friends. That's one of the most successful ways. Um, But a 
big, big part of dating now is online dating. One of the main ways that people in this modern world connect with each other. Um, and when I was looking up some different topics and researching, I found out that the first modern online dating site was something called kiss.com was founded in 1994 so it's really interesting that it's been over 20 years that people have been online dating and there's still quite a few issues that plague this platform and while there are issues Mm -hmm. um there's some really great things that it does allow us to do so As black women, when we do online dating, we have a choice. Are we going to solely look for men of color or are we opening up our platforms um, to say, okay, I will date white men, I'll date Spanish men, Asian men, um, just open to what the possibilities are. And while black women are open to dating men of other races, um, a study by OKCupid found that most other races um, are not responding to women in kind. They looked at um, men, Asian men, black men, Latino men, and white men responding rates to the corresponding women. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. all of the numbers were in the negative percentages. So Asian men respond to black women negative 16% of the time. Black men respond to black women negative 3% of the time. So it's like, oh my goodness, even black men, yes, are not responding to black women on dating sites. Um, Latino men are negative 22% for responding um, and white men negative 18% um, when rating black women. That's interesting. Yeah. So as a black woman, I think that there is obviously a need for us to venture outside of dating in our own race, because, I mean, you look at just the men to female, male to female ratio um, in our community, in our race, there are more women than there are men. So yeah. statistically speaking, it's not a one for one. And if that's if you're just taking all men, no matter if they're um, gay or bi or whatever, not interested in dating um, black women, none of that is con- considered in the ratio. It's just all black men that are not um, in jail are still lower in number than the amount of black women that are in society right now. And we definitely will link that statistic back in our um social media so for me that tells me if we don't date outside of our race or consider dating outside of our race we're definitely going to be a part of the statistics that will not marry because there's just no way that there's enough men for women and I think that that is at times a paradigm shift in the way that women black women see men as a totality, because historically growing up, um, interracial dating was not a thing, like not a thing. I, of course, because I am a trendsetter and I am just unique, <laughs> <laughs> have always dated interracially. Like I think my first boyfriend was white and okay. oh, no, no, no. My first boyfriend because I remember, his, I can't say his name because, you know, whatever. But and my first boyfriend was Asian. Oh, I look think at I was that. in the fourth grade. 
Yeah. In the fourth, fourth grade. grade. I'm so mad that you went back to the fourth grade. I'm thinking she's going to be like college or something. I'm going she's like back in the fourth grade. Going back on you. I'm going so, yeah, back to the beginning. Let's take it back to the beginning. That's My definitely forward thinking. Asia, so I am I am a forward thinker. I like to toot my own horn in there. Um, then I think I dated a white guy when I was like in seventh grade. And then I think um, I dated um, a Hispanic guy when I was maybe in 10th grade. Oh, he was hot. My goodness. <laughs> and... Um, everybody wanted he had this ass on him girl oh anyway, my goodness you know how i feel about, about booties that. so <laughs> yes girl you would have died over him he was that runs i don't know what you call them but that's what he did and boy when he ran i was just like whoo thank you brother. thank your mama thank your mama i was in high school so you know what kind of high school student i was so um <laughs> I but I so I think that you know like we have to really because we some people and even my household I had a point here um I was the outlier my mom wasn't for that shit you know like she wasn't for <laughs> like the Samantha dating <laughs> just <laughs> yes yes I have been you know um grooming my mother to just accept that I'm not going to probably marry a black man for freaking ever. So finally, at this age, she doesn't even expect it. Like, she doesn't, oh, yeah, well, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, I think the but same thing for my family. Up, we were that, yeah, but growing up, this is probably something your mom didn't do, but my mom was like that one lady who showed up to every boycott <laughs> you know, with um, her kids. <laughs> No, I saw so yes, I've never been we to a boycott and didn't do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was but, out there with my signs, don't go in that store. And um every weekend and we were But that's cool. That's to, gonna be like, an interesting experience. Oh no, it was embarrassing. You take a high schooler, um, to a boycott and you think I'm going to enjoy it you're wrong it's like me taking my kids somewhere and be like oh you're going to have a great time with mom at the laundry mat no you're not you're not <laughs> you know what I mean like I did happening. not have a good time and it was not a good experience um, for me because I didn't I also have always been very accepting of people and trying to give people you know second and third chances and looking at more than just race and the totality of the circumstances like I understood some things early on are not always what we emotionally believe them to be so when we run in mm-hmm. our emotions we sometimes lose out on logic and I knew that from an early age and that's how I felt about some of those boycotts but anyway I digress um I grew up in that family and that family that listened to this guy, his name was like um, Malik something or whatever. He came on the radio and he came on every Saturday morning. He was just talking about like, mm-hmm. be black, black power and all this stuff. You know, like that's the household mm-hmm. I lived in. So can you imagine me saying, I'm going to bring my white boyfriend home? No. You know, like I was always definitely afraid. So. I think that though my sisters then had this ideology because they weren't independent thinkers at that time that they needed to date black, black only, black, black, black. And I think now in our (laughs) older age, we have been able to have like this paradigm shift in the way we see relationships, the way we see people, the way we see um, life to really be able to bring that whole 
um, interracial thing forward. You know what I mean? It's not something I think that some of the people Absolutely. our age is just going to jump into. Um, it's definitely something you have to go out and and I think consciously do. So for some, me really? it came naturally, but for some I think see I don't it's think. Take... And again, maybe it's just our yeah perspective. Yes, because my sister now dates white guys. Like her last couple of boyfriends were white. But that's after a string of black only, you know, and I think that she got to a point where she was just like, I have become this person who dates this guy. I need to do better and I need to open myself up for more, you know, than what I'm getting and what I'm taking. Right. Absolutely. I think um, for me. I'm open to it. Um, My family is very diverse. People have dated all colors and races. So I don't think anybody would be shocked if I came home or married somebody that wasn't black. Like I've, I brought one guy home to the family because I'm very like particular about introducing people to my family in the first place. I'm like, I don't know what your deal is going to be, like how long you're going to be around. So let me just hold off on that. Um, so if you meet my family, I'm pretty serious about you. And he was Latino. Um, and it's so funny because all these years later, my family um, still mentions this guy. But you know what? On the side, I made the mistake of bringing somebody home for a major holiday. Don't do that. But you know what? When you're young and dumb, <laughs> you have to learn some of these things. I just couldn't see clearly. Um, but I think I now as an adult, I'm just really... Dumb, <laughs> So it's like I'm young and dumb and it's just like, you know, you don't want to do anything like that. But I think that I'm still open to interracial dating. Um, And that's something that's pretty big within the online community. So there's several different platforms that people can use. And I feel like they come in different levels. So there's that hookup culture if you want to use Tinder and apps like that. But then there's also some that are a little bit more serious, like Hinge and eHarmony. And so it's just a matter of what you're looking for. But sometimes that doesn't even fit. Like I have tried eHarmony and have had terrible experience with eHarmony. And I paid about $120 or $160 to have this terrible experience eHarmony was not for me and they could never get a single dollar for me like I'll be single for the rest of my life before I sign up for eHarmony again like my experience was just um that bad I mean you sign up you fill out this long questionnaire for two hours and so I was like okay this is really great like something really productive is going to come from here and the quality of the men Mm -hmm. um that were sent to me was really just off like I told Sammy before my family oh, friends know the like they sent me the oh rapper God, guy yes, Silky you Slims. Have to yes, tell this story. They they sent me a rapper, <laughs> and all his pictures were like him smoking with other women. He's like bitches and hoes, and I'm thinking to myself, what in my profile said that this was gonna be a good match? Um, they sent me another guy. He had hair like down to his I ankles. I love the fact and all that he had bitches and hoes in his thing. Yeah. But my thing is, like, eHarmony doesn't even seem like that type of website. How was that mm-hmm. approved? And I feel right. like I paid my good hard-earned right. money. I want somebody that is also serious about 
what it is that they're doing. And you know what? He must have paid money too. So maybe he was serious, but it was just like mm-hmm. whoever has the matching algorithm going on in the back there, they're not doing it right. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Um, I did get matched with someone that seemed like a quality person. Um, He was a dentist. You know, he was a little bit older than me. The conversation was great. And then something, I forget what it was, but something didn't feel right. So I was like, let me just hop on Google really quick just to make sure. Come to find out this guy is like in a relationship and he has all these records (sighs) for domestic violence. So, okay, not only are you already in a relationship, you're on eHarmony trying to meet somebody else that you can beat up. So I was like, you know what, eHarmony, thank you very much. I'm all done. Like, but I feel like you could do that anywhere, Siobhan. Like, that could happen anywhere. And not just, exactly. like, online dating. Like, you can meet the same sleazeball at the bar. You know, like, yep. then my mom and I had this conversation the other day. And she was like, well, I think that online dating is this and that. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with online dating. I mean, these same sleazeballs that's online, they are in the clubs. They are at the bars. They're at all the places where people are going to be. It's not like all of a sudden they're not sleazeballs because they're online. No, they were sleazeballs and they're just going to consistently be sleazeballs, you know. And it's up to us as women as we're navigating this online dating and we're learning about our, our mate. We're watching for those red flags and we're paying attention. Like that's the thing with online dating. Everyone has those do's and don'ts. Like don't give money. Don't do this. Don't do that. Listen to those things. Listen to your intuition. Like that's what you did, Siobhan. You had a feeling like something's off. Like on the surface, he looked great, you know, sounded great probably too. But then lo and behold, here he is, a domestic violence person who already has a relationship. He's obviously mistreating her in the relationship and now also cheating on her. I mean, those are things that could happen to anyone, no matter where or how you meet this person. Does, you know, people have the propensity to do stupid shit online? Absolutely. You know this because what's your favorite TV show, Siobhan? Catfish. <laughs> that is yes. like my guilty pleasure. And I'm just always yes. like taken in. Like, why do people fall for the okie doke. And I think something that's really interesting um, that I looked up again in researching for this topic is there's a ton of research on online dating. So I looked up one study called Singles Looking to Mingle, an analysis of self-representation in online dating. And what they found in this study, which leads to catfishing, which leads to, you know, some difficulties in dating, was that um, when it comes to men, They are most likely to misrepresent their personal assets, relationship goals, personal interests Mm. and attributes. And women are most likely to misrepresent their weight. So I think. Yes, that's so true. And I see it all the time. It's like, ladies, okay, okay, I got a bone to pick. I'm going to pick this bone. Filters. Those damn filters. Y'all, come on now. Don't do this. Y'all are, (laughs) you guys, that may be your outline of your face, but you know, you are not like flawless with skin. Like be for real. 
If you are on a dating site, if you are on um, a Facebook community that's for dating, put your real face up there because you know what? It's only going to lead to heartbreak later. If you have an acne problem, wear that acne problem proud and loud. I have bad skin. I put on makeup, but I don't put any filters on any pictures that I take because why? You need to see what you're getting so that when we do meet or when we do go out, you're not surprised and feel like you've been catfished. Um, body shots, angles, ladies, quit playing, quit playing with me because I keep seeing this <laughs> and I get upset because these are the same ladies that text me like, don't nobody want me. I went out on a date with him and he left me or he wasn't happy with me because of the angle you were shooting your picture. Boo boo. Don't do that. Let right. your body, you can't change overnight or in the next two weeks or in the next two months when you meet this person, how you look. So be proud of your, your figure. If you're full figured, um, isn't that a better word? Full figured. If you're full figured, um, be proud of that. If you are skinny, okay, bitch, do you, if right. you are not, you know, if you're in between state like me and Siobhan, like, I don't know. We don't know what our body's trying to do right now. I'm just heavy set. I know what my body's <laughs> doing. I'm a heavy set. And that's just what it is. But I think to what you're but saying I is do. very true. Be honest in your representation. Yes. That's half the battle. Yes. So like I'm yes. a little bit heavy set. So I don't try and work the angles like this is what you're going to get. Another thing that I find yes. a lot is I'm 5'10". So when I put on a dating site that I'm 5'10", I'm not lying about this. Men, if you say that you are 6'1", when we meet and we show up and you are 5'6", this is going to show because I'm really 5'10". Things like this that you shouldn't be lying about, don't do it. I mean, you shouldn't be lying dating at all. But to Mm -hmm. start something, you want to start from a place of honesty. So like Sam was saying, have a picture Um, we're not saying don't have on any makeup, look frumpy because I have definitely been guilty of this. Um, my good friend Les had looked at one of my dating profiles back in the day and she was like, (laughs) no, like, she's like, you look like a really nice girl that somebody would hang out with, but you're not showing that you're somebody that would be fun to date. So have a friend look over your profile, have your male friends look over your profile, give you some feedback as well. But I think some major points to take away, be honest. Be who you are. You want someone to Be like honest. you for you, not who they think you are, you know? Yes, um, yes. So clear pictures, full body shots, good lighting. No angles. And then no, ang- <laughs> no angles. No um, angles. Damn it. Be true about your interest because if you say that you're a huge football fan and then he's like, let's go to football and you don't know anything <laughs> and you're bored, that's going to show it's gonna show you can't for hide me like that's that. huge I don't understand football at all and I look for people who are sports fanatics and I run away because I am not at all a sports person because I used to be a cheerleader and um I was the captain of our squad and this was a cheerleading squad that was like the movie um what's that movie that with the clovers with the, it's with cold Gabrielle Union. There, yes, there no. must be some Toros in that. <clears throat> yes, that's what it yeah. is. And she's a cheerleader. Her, they yeah. have those green and yellow yes. Toros. Well, yeah. I was the white What's part of that. Because we would throw each other. Well, and I think Gabrielle. <laughs> <laughs> what is we that threw each called? other. 
step up or something like that. It is not guys, step up, Samantha. It is not. <laughs> I'm going to Google. It's not step up. It is definitely. Step up is in college. These kids were in high school. High school. <laughs> okay, that's Tanum. That's Tanum. Um, I feel like I had something with step in it. I don't know. But whatever. I was that girl. And so I was no. notorious for calling like defense on offense and offense on defense and I'm like well hell what the hell someone's got the ball I don't know I can't keep up I just want to do my chair that's all I want to do bring it on Samantha the movie bring is it bring on. it on yes oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was that so far not... off <laughs> yeah but that is an actual but movie I, but that's like yeah probably. it's an actual movie yeah Bring it on. Yes, I was the, we threw each other in the air and I was the one who got thrown. I was the flyer and I just wanted to do my cheer. I just wanted to cheer. I really didn't care about the football game. So I was, shouldn't have probably been the captain because I was notorious for calling the wrong play. That's true. Mm. So I cannot fake that. I cannot be like, oh, let's sit down and watch football because I would hate it. Like, could you do that without me? Maybe go out with someone else like the boys at the bar and i'm okay with that so right and yeah, that's I where that honesty piece comes in you are genuinely uninterested in mm-hmm. and i think so mm-hmm. even if you know as women we start that process where we are going to be getting to know ourselves um we are doing the work to get things done We've gone to the therapist. Mm-hmm. We have um, looked at how we want to date in person versus online. Um, and we're open. We're doing all the things. Sometimes there just comes a point where um, you realize, hey, you know what? This online dating is not for me. And that is where you just say, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to make peace with being single. There's nothing wrong with being single and being happy and complete in that. You know, there's time for, you know, furthering your education, traveling, developing hobbies. Just always remember you are your own total complete person without anyone else. And that's okay, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. That's me. I call it my Oprah years. I'm just trying to build the empire. I'm in my Oprah years. I absolutely love that. So yeah, that's our topic um, for this week. We're really looking forward to hear your thoughts and input. So make sure you make your way over to the Noir Professional on Facebook.com and let us know your thoughts in the comments. Healthy. Happy. Human. human. So my health goals for this week, I just realized in this busy life that we have is like Siobhan you have let things get out of hand. Like, I feel like I've always been a bigger girl. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious. So I just feel like I've let things get out of control. Like, I like to say that I'm heavy set and I'm still heavy set, but I'm like, this is just too much. I need to work on it. So again, people are always like, you're not heavy set. You're not heavy set, but I carry it well because again, I'm 5'10". So, you know, thank God I have the height because it literally covers a multitude of sins. But I feel like more than just being thin, I'm at a point where I feel like I'm not healthy. And more Mm -hmm. than anything else, I want to be healthy. So what I'm looking toward for the next week is to continue doing um, the challenges with Sam. 
She beat me this week. Um, I beat you three times. We are even, yes. Steven. We are three th- and three. <laughs> so Woo! Sam and I do the like I watch competitions. And when it started, I was beating her all the time because I was like, I'm oh, on yeah. it. I'm doing my exercise. And then again, she's competitive. So she's like, uh-uh, this can't <laughs> keep happening. So she has definitely stepped it up. And she has won the last three challenges. Um, so that's definitely a good way. That's because that... you gave up, though, one week. Well, one week, because that's the thing, too. A couple like, of those weeks, you kind of just beginning. gave up because you were like, too much. Right. And that's the thing like that we were saying in the beginning is just the time. I find that when I'm putting 110% into work, my exercise, my health and fitness, it's just like, what is that? Like, no, like I'm writing plans. I'm thinking about other people. I'm interviewing. I'm going here. I'm going there. Like I'm always running and just exercise is the furthest thing from my mind. By the time I get home, I'm like, okay, let me do more work on whatever this is. Or I might spend 45 minutes to an hour just like looking at social media, responding to emails. And the next thing you know, it's like 12 o'clock and you're like, how did this happen? And you have to get up again. (laughs) And it's like going to the gym or doing any kind of physical activity is the last thing on my mind. But I'm like, that has to stop. Absolutely. Right. So this week I'm looking into two things. How you feel? No, exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's I hate the gym. Hate it. Yes. And I know they love me because I've literally had a membership since January (laughs) and I've gone twice and I continue to pay every month. So they're like, thank you, Siobhan, for sending your money over to LA Fitness because (laughs) we love not needing to, you know, service you, but get your money. So that's definitely something. That's probably the ploy. Yeah. So that's the hustle right there. That's the hustle. I need to set up for sure. So two um, diet styles that I want to look into are the ketogenic diet, which is like a low carb, no carb diet. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I have a couple of friends, more than a few, um, that are doing the keto diet and have had great results. Um, They say that the ketogenic diet may even have benefits against diabetes, cancer, epilepsy, and Alzheimer's disease. And so I know that Mm -hmm. I have a few of those that run in my family history. And I'm like, okay, you're not 21 anymore. You need to really start focusing on this. Hello. Um, And get yourself healthy because it's not even from a vanity point anymore. It's just from you want to be healthy and you want to live. So that is something (laughs) that I'll be looking into. I mean, I'm really concerned about doing a low keto diet simply because... I love carbs. Like, give me um, potato salad and, you know, a pasta salad on the same dish. I don't see a problem with this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I love pierogies because it's pasta stuffed with potatoes. Like, who thought of that? Genius. Like, I love carbs. Um, (laughs) Any way I can get them. So, I don't know what kind of person I would become on this keto diet (laughs) with no carbs. Well, I've done keto. I'm on a new diet every week because I generally give up once a week and it's like, oh, no, this one will work now. This one works better. So when I first heard about keto, I was like, oh, you mean to tell me I can eat whatever I want as long as I don't eat carbs? Because that's always been the problem with my diets. Mm-hmm. I had to like go down to 500 calories or a thousand calories. It's like I'm hungry what? and I get hangry. 
And um, yeah, so I would do those ridiculous ones where you had to cut your calories so much. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I want to eat. And then you start eating and you're like, yes, you know, like you just don't let yeah. go of it. So keto is like, you can eat whatever you want. It encourages you to eat those high calorie foods like bacon. And um, I ate a whole rotisserie chicken and I was like, dude, watch this. I'm going to go up in pounds. I know it. I literally ate a whole rotisserie chicken, but I was in ketosis. So I did not go up. I actually kept losing weight. So I think when I did keto for six weeks, I was doing it with a friend and we challenged each other to do it for six weeks. We lost, I lost 15 pounds. She lost 20. And the thing with keto is once you get off of it and if you start back eating the carbs, you're going to get all that weight back, like boom, like nothing. So the other thing with keto is that it is a high protein. So you need to be careful about the bathroom. I know TMI, but it's fact. So you do want to be careful about that. Wait a minute now. What do you mean careful about the bathroom? It's going to upset your stomach because I don't have time for that. Constipation. Constipation is an issue. Okay. And so that I've heard about. The other thing that I didn't have that problem. Um, The other thing with, um, not that you care. Okay. Sorry about that. So the other thing that keto was my dry mouth. I thought I was dying. Like I told my friend, I literally texted her and was like, girl, we are dying. Like we need to get off this diet. Cause I thought I couldn't like, it was so dry. My mouth was so dry. I was like, this is not good. This can't be good. I think we're killing ourselves. We're going to have to get off this diet. We need to stop. And it wasn't, it's actually, we were in ketosis and that is a a symptom of ketosis. So there's gum out there. Mm-hmm. So there's gum out there to help alleviate dry mouth. I actually got gum to help. I can't really do the straw thing often because um, the way that air just doesn't do good for me. The way this gives me gas, like bubbles in my stomach to do so many straws. So I couldn't like drink a what lot of What do you mean straws? That- I'm not following. So you have to drink with a straw that helps with dry mouth? Yeah, like to keep your mouth hydrated or whatever. I don't generally like to drink um, out of water bottles and stuff like that. That I don't oh, that's like interesting. dispose of quickly. So I can really get expensive for me because I like to go and buy new water bottles every time I drink. So I... Mm-mm. No, Sam. <laughs> if I'm not drinking out of what... <laughs> I know, Dave Ramsey would not approve. But no, not at all. that's just my thing. Like, I think I don't like to reuse like the same thing over and over unless I have a straw. So I can't keep hydrated because I'm always buying new stuff. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is getting expensive. Plus, I only can eat high calorie meats. So I'm buying bacons and this and that. So I'm like, oh, this is too much. So that's my experience with keto. It works, but with the caveat that you're going to have dry mouth, which is a symptom of ketosis. I'm not sure if everyone gets that, but it is a symptom of it. You're going to have to watch your you know, bowel movements and stuff like that. Make sure you're staying regular, um, taking some kind of softener or whatever to be proactive about that because it is high protein. There is a portion of carbs that they encourage you to eat. So... Um, it was probably vegetable so carbs, can... right? Not the fun ones. Right. Yes. 
Um, so it's like goes by grams. So you have to look at your grams. And it's like, ugh. So instead of car- counting calories, you're counting grams because I'm like trying to get them carbs in, you know? So yeah. that's my experience with keto. It was good, but once you get off it, you really have to like really slowly, slowly introduce those carbs back into your life. So I was unsuccessful with that one because I went right back to the rice and the pasta ASAP. Okay. So do you so do you feel like keto is not something that you can maintain for the rest of your life? No, absolutely not. Okay. No, I don't think anyone should. You need carbs. Those are you have good carbs and bad carbs, you know. Right. So, so I think I don't as think I anyone should try to stay in ketosis. Right. That's good to know. So I think that um as I read more about it, I will decide if that's something that I want to use um, as a means of a weight loss program. Maybe that's something to jumpstart a healthier lifestyle. And speaking right, of jumpstart, right. there is um, another thing that I was looking into. There is a documentary. It's two part. It's called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead with Joe Cross. And there's also a Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead too. And basically what it's about is Joe Cross is this Australian man that he's sick. He has an autoimmune disease. His skin is like attacking him. He's overweight. He's sick. He's on all these meds. And he's like, you know what? I'm fat. I'm sick. And I'm literally nearly dead. So he takes on this juicing lifestyle and he loses all this weight. He gets healthy. Like he's reversed some heart damage. And so I don't know if I said this already, but for literally 60 days, all he did was make this green juice um so he has a website Mm -hmm. that tells you how to go ahead and make this green juice i have made Mm -hmm. the green juice in the past because i personally happen to like green juice um but Mm -hmm. i've never followed it consistently put into my um what is purple drink is it like a juice like what's in that (laughs) you (laughs) if you don't know purple drink you didn't grow up needing to drink purple drink purple drink is um so (laughs) those of us who couldn't afford real juice (laughs) growing up we had purple drink we didn't quite know what it was (laughs) is it like a kool-aid kind of thing like tang like it's a powder and you mix it with water it's a a purple drink no it came in a gallon so it's like like kool-aid milk like milk it wasn't quite Kool-Aid. It was purple drink. That's what they call we it. We probably have it out here and it has a name and you guys like in the Midwest. Purple drink is it. <laughs> Or is purple drink the actual that name? That was the actual name. This is me growing up. Oh. I don't know if purple drink still exists, but purple drink was on the. So it was in the same kind of carton that the gallon milk is in. Okay. And in the. <laughs> The label on it was purple drink. <laughs> and my mom, well, it was 88 cents or something like that. And my mom would buy those two, three at a time. We had a purple drink. So as I'm like, is the green juice like the purple drink where you don't quite so know what's in it? <laughs> I don't I don't know, but the way that you described it and like this is an aside, it just reminds me of my grandfather because my grandfather used to make Kool-Aid in the yeah. empty milk 
gallon containers. And when I tell you he was really trying to kill us all and give us diabetes, like, there would be so much sugar in this that when you would take it out of the refrigerator, all of the sugar had settled into the bottom. So I'm like, how much sugar was that in that Kool-Aid? That's the it was best. still sweet and the sugar just like settled down. So when you said purple drink, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm like, oh, you mean Kool-Aid. But I guess this no, is something Kool-Aid in the Kool-Aid is Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid is Kool-Aid. Purple drink is purple drink. (laughs) So, okay. So, but no. Green juice and purple drink are different. So, green juice is basically, I have a Breville juicer. And one of his main green juices is cucumber, kale, green apple, lemon, and ginger. You put that sucker through the juicer and out comes the juice. And it's really Mm -hmm. quite good. Um, the one thing that I would say you have to be careful with with juicing is when you're cutting up your vegetables, you want to make sure that you cut them in a way that it's like consistently the same size every time. Because right. I've definitely right. made green juices where it's like, dang it, I put too much ginger in that or too much right. lemon. And it kind yeah. of overpowers the taste. Um, mm-hmm, but again, mm-hmm. I've never done it consistently and I've never um, gone and done an actual reboot where I've only have juice for 30 or 60 days. I honestly, You were on a water thing for a while there. Yeah. And like everybody thought that I meant that I wasn't eating. I was just drinking only water. Um, right. Like a water challenge where you only drink water. Mm-hmm. But this is you only drink these green juices. So you make them for breakfast, mm. lunch, and dinner. Um, mm. I think that I would drop some weight quickly. But again, like the keto, yeah, you're saying you're this is not... Jesus. Yeah, this is not a lifestyle that you just forever. Now you only drink these green juices. It's to reboot your taste buds so you can move on to a healthier, excuse me, so you can move on to a healthier um, diet and lifestyle change. So, Hmm. you know, Sam and I always talk about what we eat. Sam is so good about coming home and making dinner with like a meat, a carb, and a protein. And I'm just like, what is the fastest thing I can order on DoorDash? (laughs) So I really need to look into this reboot um, and resetting my health and my taste buds. Sam, do you have any specific um, health goals you're looking forward to for the next week or so? Status quo, just sticking with that is my goal. Um, so last week I missed working out on Sunday. So I work out Friday, Saturday, Sunday for an hour every day um, because I can't work out Monday through Friday because I don't like messing my hair up. Okay. And <laughs> so last time, last Sunday I missed and I was really afraid that I was going to do what I usually do. And that is going to this bad habit of, eh, it didn't hurt so bad to miss Sunday. So missing Saturday is not a big deal. Eh, missing Friday. So next thing you know, I'm not working out at all, you know? And so right. I was really afraid about that. But I went to the gym today. It's Friday. And I went to the gym. And I'm going to go tomorrow. That's my plan. And I really just want to stick with this. So I have definitely seen the benefit on my body. Like, I don't know if I've lost a pound because I don't go on the scale at all. I definitely know I've lost a circumference. But <laughs> I... Um, yes, I've lost circumference. But I have more than anything, I'm pleased with how my body is reacting to working out. Um, I do 21 miles the, over the weekend, over the three days that I work. 
out and my knees have arthritis and I have not had flare-ups oh in my knees. Yes, I was having them frequently. I got a stand-up desk hoping to help, you know, and so I still stand up for probably well, our Apple challenge is 12 hours a day. So I stand up for 12 hours a day. And then I work out on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I try to hit our target calorie goal every day. But definitely can see how all of this is helping just the my bones and all of the things. So and that I also struggle with asthma and I'm going longer between um, flare ups there as well. And my cousin and Wonderful. I, she's a nurse and she was saying that it's because I'm sweating out that stuff that I need to come out, you know, during my workout. So I'm like, I don't know, don't get all the science behind it, but I'm happy with how my body is reacting to me working out. So definitely just want to keep with what I've got going and not give up because of lazy and I just want to just make sure I'm doing that and pushing myself because honestly, Siobhan is not going to call me on Friday night. Like, Sam, my watch did not tell me you went to the gym today. So she, she's just looking at the end of the week like I lost or I won, you know. So I respect that. It's on me to do that and have this healthy lifestyle. And I definitely just. I didn't when I didn't work out on Sunday. I felt it by Wednesday. My knees were a little achy. It was insane. I said, wow, that's crazy. So I definitely want to just keep up with that. And that's about it. And I, of course, I try to, you know, watch what I'm eating during the week and um, just kind of making sure I'm getting a low calorie day. I do like fifteen hundred calories a day. Leaning into growth. Sam and I are going to be talking about topics within finance, just one of our favorite topics. So I will typically be talking about saving, being debt-free, different streams of income, and Sam will be talking about business, entrepreneurship, how to set up your business, how to be safe, um, stock market, and really just things that are business-minded to help us grow in that direction. So this week, I will be talking about one of my favorite things. Um, which are the seven baby steps, which were coined by the Dave Ramsey. Um, I really enjoy Dave Dave Ramsey's work. I enjoy (laughs) the way he puts out his information. I feel like he genuinely cares about people and wants us to be debt-free. So today I'm just going to tell you what the seven baby steps are. And then as the season goes on each week or every other week, we will talk about a particular baby step and what that looks like for you. So the first baby step is to save $1,000 emergency fund. After that, we're going to be paying off all of our debt except for your home if you are a homeowner. Once that's done, you move on to baby step three, where you want to save for three to six months um, of your income or what it costs to run your home so that you have a larger safety net. Then you're going to move on to baby step four, which is to invest 15% of your household income for retirement. Then moving on to baby step five, which would be saving for your college fund. So if you do not have children that you need to send to college, that's a step you get to skip altogether. Baby step six is to pay off your home. If you're not a homeowner, again, this is another step that can come right off. You don't have to worry about paying that off. 
And then the final step is now that you're debt free, you're saving for your retirement, you can use your money to build wealth and to give to others, which is really what it's all about, making sure that you're setting yourself up for your future and for your retirement. So I really look forward to going over this with you and what each baby step looks like um, for me. So I'm currently in baby step two. So when we get to baby step two, I'll talk to you a little bit more about the things that I'm doing to help pay down my debt that have been really beneficial for me. So I'm looking forward to going on this journey with you guys and hearing your input on what you're doing to save. Mm -hmm. Now, so we get to my favorite part. Well, one of my favorite parts, the affirmation. So what is your affirmation for the week, Samantha? Um, I saw this really cool quote and it was about this girl. It was a meme, I guess. And it had this um, girl on there and she just, I don't know, was sweating or something. I don't know. That part was weird. <laughs> but... <laughs> It said, she took a deep breath and whispered to her soul, I got this. That is it for me. That is it. I got this. That's my affirmation for this week. I got this. I got this. I got this. My affirmation for the week I found on um, one of the pages I follow on Instagram, which is called Mm -hmm. Black and Well, which is such a lovely Instagram page. It's really worth checking out. And one of the things that they had really resonated with me because I feel like I've been doing a lot of soul searching and changes and, you know, doing a lot of things, um, scared. I have a journal and the whole theme of the journal is do it scared. And I have definitely been stepping way outside of my comfort zone recently. So the affirmation that I have for this week coming up is I will not let self-doubt creep in and convince me that I am anything less than who God has called me to be. And that would be my affirmation for the week. Wow. That's awesome. That was an awesome one. Yeah, I like that. That was good. So we have some pretty good ones this week. And hopefully you guys will, you know, definitely let us know what's going on with you and look at us at or look us up on our Facebook page, Noir Professionals. And of course, you can always email us at the Noir Professionals at gmail.com. Look forward to talking with you all again. This is the end of our podcast today, but that just means next week you get another one. Awesome. So stay tuned next Wednesday. We'll see you again. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.